Herald of Steel beckons. War on the horizon. Chaos reigns supreme. But who will save us? Beckons of the Herald of Steel is a 5th edition homebrew campaign. It is a high fantasy and old school flavored campaign run by me, the young Rognard, and my friends. Let's meet those friends now. I am Anthony Santiago, and I'm playing Norhill Hammerstone, Dwarven Fighter. I'm Jared, and I'll be playing Jarzak, the Orc Warlock. I'm Ryan, and I'm going to be playing Klika, the Goblin Sorcerer. I'm Veronica. I'll be playing Anton, the Human Cleric. While many prophecies are written, our story has yet to be completed. Follow us into adventure. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. It is I, Grognard the Young, the Young Grognard, kicking it to you live with the campaign Beckons of the Herald of Steel with the adventure series The Master with the quest schemes and shadows. Last time we saw our players, they were traversing the plains in the southern parts of Emeroth, hot on the trails of a contact somewhere in the Thalvir wood, the Elven wood. Apparently, there's some sort of a reformed monk of some sort who apparently... A lot of things are becoming apparent. Nobody's seen anything, but things are becoming very apparent. Apparently, this guy Obroth is sort of a recovered IFLure agent himself. And so the party's hoping in some way to maybe find out some secrets of wherever the eyes of failure are located in hopes of maybe cutting the head off the snake. Um, along the way, they didn't run into too many issues, found out that... Uh, what do we find out? Oh, yeah, that horses are scared of uh, wolves and that, I don't know, do we learn anything else along the way? I don't really feel like we did. I feel like the most important thing that happened was combat began as soon as the players really entered the thickness of the Thalvir wood. They uh, found, or at least Jarzak and Anton were aware to some extent of some creepy critters walking around up in the trees above, though Jarzak could see through the darkness spell thrown at them in their camp that the uh, bad guys up in the trees were none other than the eyes of failure themselves. So with that, um, it's time to roll for initiative as it seems like what Jarzak can tell up there while still bathing in the darkness of the darkness spell, um, that there is one who appears to be wearing more drafty kind of billowy black robes. And there appear to be a couple of other guys up there in the same kind of ninja attire of the typical eyes of failure. How so, close together are they? Um, well, we got to roll for initiative first. Okay. Oh, I want to get one you, number down first. Dave, you forgot to mention the contest we're doing, which is uh, everyone but one of us on the podcast right now is currently wearing a hat. And if you can correctly guess and message us on the uh, official Young Grognard Twitter who isn't wearing a hat, you will win an exclusive prize that Dan will be happy to tell you about at the end of the episode. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, I'm going to start. Um, you guys run combat. I'm going to go buy something at the store real quick and then Sharpie the word grognard on it. <laughs> um, I'll just write the word, the letters YG, and then I'll write underneath it in my own quote. I'll just be like, because Z was taken. Get it? Um, so now, what do we got for initiatives? 
have four. <laughs> I have ex I have ten more than four. All right. Oh, he's he's actually going to the store to get something. Yeah, I just got up to go to the store. Um, so I've got a, a five and a fifteen. So with that, Anton's looking like last place. No. Oh no, Jarzak, what'd you get? Two, three. Oh, three. Nice, nice, nice. So last is Jarzak. Anton is second to last, followed by enemy number two, and then enemy number one's fifteen. Anybody get above fifteen? Yes, uh, Norhill got a twenty. Whoa! Which is good because it's a surprise round. So no matter what, you still get to go relatively last in some sense. What about uh, Ryan? What'd you get? Fourteen. Okay. Wait, so but so, some be... of us weren't surprised though, right? Nope, not you or Anton. So okay. with that it's going to go Norhill, enemy one. Ryan, or I guess Klika is maybe the name of the goblin in this case. Um, and then enemy number two. Anton Jarzak. That's so, like a Torellius to you. Are we really going to do that? <laughs> is that how this is going to go? I guess we kind of left that out of the recap. Didn't really feel that. Yeah, Klika's like the heir apparent to a major city yeah. or something. <laughs> but that's fine. Let's not talk about it. No, no, no. No, no, no. It's fine, guys. I'm still trying to comprehend that whole thing. Never mind Klika. Exactly. Out of respect for you, I didn't bring it up. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. But um, also, no one else did while we were traveling. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> you know, did we have to? But okay, um, with that, uh, it is now time for surprise roundy action. So I guess enemy number one is going to be the first to drop a hot move on y'all. So with that, um, up in the trees with the darkness spell still in effect, and the group surrounded around the fire. Oh, this is so rude. How did I manage to pull this off? Usually I assume I'm not going to be able to like be the first one to go. And then well, you know, you somebody's always going to spell before we went into initiative. So true that one, Peter. that's fair. But like that was a spell that I'm like, it adds like a complication to, to the environment. Just like any, you know, dime or nickel style D&D &D advice column when they're like, add special effects to your combat to make it interesting. I just feel like it makes it complicated. But now I'm actually going to hurt y'all. So with that, um, that blackened sphere that you guys are all immediately trapped in, some of you being more aware of the darkness than others, uh, some of you just being caught off guard by it, it begins to turn very, very cold. And you guys can hear like all of the sound seem to vacate the inside of the darkened sphere as if you guys are entering like a vacuum of space. Um, beyond that, you can hear the sounds of like slight whispering inside of this place starting to form. And beyond that, um, the, the chill factor inside of here seems to get a lot worse to the point that it starts to like actually bite the skin. And the dissonant whispers and slurping noises seem to hint at some sort of an otherworldly presence. Um, oh. Yeah, walking through here is going to be difficult for everybody. <laughs> Wait, did you say zombies? I said ah beans. Oh, I thought you said zombies. <laughs> I was like... Zombies. <laughs> and then a zombie appears. Um, but, okay. Uh, so with that, yeah. Cool beans. All right. And as long as everybody's in here, uh, they're treated as being blind. Other than Jarzak, who can see through this. <laughs> I will also say Jarzak 
does not feel as threatened by this whole experience as everybody else does. Um, though he's still going to take the damage. Uh, but that's his round. And now it goes to enemy number two, right? So from the trees above, uh, the shadowy monk-like guys just start hurling shuriken into the fray inside of there. And so with that, just throwing a waylay pile of awfulness at you guys. Um, you guys can hear the sounds of metal plinking into the dirt and the, in the uh, snow around your feet, as well as... Da, 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 da. Okay, Jarzak and Anton. Um, what's Jarzak's armor class? Great. 14. Okay, and then what's Anton's armor class? 16. Cool. Okay, so Anton, your armor manages to plink a couple of these little uh, shuriken off as they dink harmlessly to the ground as you, you know, raise your shield up, prepared for this assault. But Jarzak, on the other hand, through the darkness, you get hit by a few of these little shuriken, um, and you take a total of four points of damage as one of them grazes the side of your neck, and you feel the warmth of blood heating up your cold skin. Now, um, that's it for them. Uh, Jarzak, you can tell from where they're standing that these guys are about 30 feet away, but through like a sort of cool hypotenuse sort of dealio. So if everybody could get out their Pythagorean theorem uh, formulas, we can go ahead and calculate the actual Ronnie made a square with her fingers. <laughs> you know, the hypotenuse <laughs> of a square. Now it's a, it's a right angle. So it would be a squared plus b squared equals c squared. We know c is 30, so it would be 90. Then we just need to figure out what. We're not doing is. this. We're not We're doing not, this. We're I'll, just going to assume it's it. 25. <laughs> I got it. So we've got 25, and they're about 20 feet off the ground. Okay. As far oh. as distance from each other, they're all about 10 feet away from one another on the tree branches. So the billowy guy in the middle is no farther than 10 feet from either of them. But the two guys on the ends are about 20 feet away up from each other. Okay. There you go. Cool. So now it goes to Anton. Uh, you're in the surprise round. You're in the spooky cold. Um, uh, as soon as you start in here, you feel the cold, brittle, biting at your bones, and you immediately take three points of cold damage standing inside of here. Oh, okay. So I'm going to definitely do channel Divinity Radiance to the Dawn. Okay. Uh, do I need to explain that to you? Uh, Radiance of the Dawn is that the one that does the air effect that hits things that are? Uh, it's um, I present I dispel magical darkness within 30 feet. Each hostile creature that doesn't have total cover within 30 feet must make a con saving throw of a um, of a 13 or take 2d10 damage plus 4. Damn, all right, cool. So with that, um, as you hold up the lantern and call upon the illuminator to get rid of this evil spoopy darkness, um, not only does it lighten up the entire area around you with a quick flashing blinding flare, but you can see now that there is like this dark purplish mist forming around you guys and strange oh, like bluish purplish tentacles seem to be popping out of wormholes around you, leaving that strange and aberrant darkness and cold around. The actual globe of darkness that was surrounding the entire party is dispelled, but you can see these tentacles popping out of wormholes are not. Um, apart from that, everybody up in the trees does have to make that, what was it, a dexterity saving throw? Um, a con saving throw, but they're, um, they have to be the 13. 
Absolutely nobody did. So go ahead and roll the damage for all of them. You roll once, everybody takes the same. Okay. I knew that question was probably coming. Uh, also, they're 21.22 well, feet away and 21.22 feet damage. Thank you. Thank you, Ronnie. What did you say, Ronnie? 12 points of damage. 12 points to all of them. Okay. So with that, the guy in the middle appears to be the billowy robe guy now that you lit up the area pretty decently. He seems to be pretty well wounded as well as the other two, but none of them seem to be, like, bloodied. Yeah, picking up what putting down. Yeah, we need Ooh. to hit him really hard. Maybe later. Um, okay, and so now that your turn's over, unless you wanted to do anything else, did you uh, want to move out of that space in the darkness? Yeah, oh, wait, I thought I dispelled it. it nope, those big old noodly arms are still there, bro. Oh, but yeah, I do need I to make I'm a concentration go. check. I never well, do, I, though. Wait, I get an advantage. Wait, 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 no, wait. No, no, not you. I, I have, have my to... feet. Hey, Ronnie. Oh. Hey, Ronnie. <laughs> I have to make it. Okay. And with that, he actually failed. So with that blinding light, the tentacles all recede into the uh, darkness of night, pulling away into their little wormy holes. Man, that really uh, saved everybody's ass on that one, Ronnie. So with that... This was a plan I made a week ago to have succeed. <laughs> Very good. So now it goes to Jarzak at the end of the uh, round of initiative. Oh, perfect. Uh, if I cast a spell that has a... What is it? Uh, it's only a 15-foot radius. How many people would I get in that if I cast it on the main guy? Everybody. Right? Yeah. Because diameter would be the half, right? Yeah. So you should be able to hit everybody up there. Okay. I... Why has this been like the mathematics episode? What's going yeah. on here? Uh, I cast darkness on the main guy. <laughs> and all of them are now in darkness. Okay. A and very then, interesting move, trying to call their bluff that they can't also see in darkness. Being uh, You told us the main guy was pointing to the others about where we were, so I'm assuming only he can see in darkness. Or he was just whispering battle plans. Uh, <laughs> Alright, then if I If you don't... want, we can retcon that, and you can pull uh -oh. that back. That's why I'm like, that's quite a mighty okay. bluff. They're like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, hey guys, look. We can all totally see them in that darkness. It's just the flunky brigade that's just like, we can't see in darkness. We're the one troop that can't. Don't let them know that. All right. Can I get to them? Get to the main guy this round? Uh, if you can jump 20 feet up into the tree. You should burn the tree. I, can, I have a jump calculator open. What's your uh, strength? Not good, so... It does triple it or something like that. I'm pretty sure. Well, just like I have a regular one, but it'll put in modifiers. I, I have I have a nine, so the negative one. All right. All right. And how tall are you? <laughs> uh, six. What was it? Six foot something. Can you put Seven? six foot something in there? Six nine. You can. <laughs> Jump two feet off the ground, but you can reach up and grab something 12.1 feet off the ground. What the fuck? 
<laughs> Ronnie, this is a family show. Lying. Look, I know Anthony's not wearing his hat, but that's no reason for you to swear. Hey, you gave it away. Now we can't. God damn it, Dan. Oh, I invalidated our contest. I guess I'm going to have to throw out that bag of laced potato chips I was going to give you. <laughs> okay, I guess I'm create a packed weapon and make a heavy crossbow. Fair enough. Are you able to shoot in this turn? Nope. And is that because it takes like an action to pull it out or is it because it needs to be reloaded? Takes an action to pull it out. Oh, that's a bummer. I'll also say that it comes loaded and ready to go. I imagine your your patron wouldn't just send you like an IKEA crossbow and just send you like a box of parts and you're like, what the <laughs> fuck happened here? It's in fantasy Swedish. Like, <laughs> is that is that? Oh no, we wait, Ronnie. Don't say what language that actually is because you'll make it canon that fantasy Swedish is actually. Go ahead, Swedish. Ronnie. Say it, Ronnie. Which language is fantasy Swedish? We put her on the spot. Go ahead, Ronnie. Come on, make it canon. I was gonna say it was something to do with IKEA, but I don't know. No, Ronnie. No, I'm saying which fantasy race would speak the fantasy equivalent of Swedish? Fuck. I don't know. Well, all know. of a sudden, the shadow monks start being like, hey, "It's a finger dergen." <laughs> no, I don't think that's what would happen. Frost giants. No. Oh, well, okay, that's fair. Anthony, no, we're not making that canon. Okay, fine. Anthony, you can get yeah. one cannon thing and that's it. It's Thanks. the frost giants. Just giant in general. I hope somebody's writing that down. Just for the sake of that one frost giant NPC you find who really hates you and you're like, wait a minute, I can really antagonize him by speaking in a derogatory <laughs> accent at him. <laughs> offering meatballs. <laughs> Summon meatball. Um, okay. And so now it goes to the top of initiative order now that the surprise round's over. And we have Norhill at the top of the count. All right, uh, Norhill is going to go yeah, rush up and stand at the base of the tree and prepare his action to attack them if they start climbing down. Do you, do you want to know how high you can jump? <laughs> sure, let's calculate how high Norhill Strength score? Uh, strength score is 18. You know what makes for a great Hi- podcast? A four foot seven. The use of calculators. I'm, you, uh, know- so you can jump straight up seven feet off the ground and you can jump and grab 14 feet off the ground so you could get halfway more than halfway up that tree and start squirreling your way up i just i could but norhill's very sturdy all right i I don't want to lose that bonus that doesn't so with that um now uh that you've got that prepared now it goes to enemy one right yep so with that, enemy one uh, holds the hey. billowy robed arms up. What? Um, you can use bonus actions and stuff during surprise, right? Yeah. Yeah, you guys went off on a rant, so I didn't end up doing a bonus action or anything. Can I use my uh, move forward? Yeah, you could be okay. under the tree too if that's what you want. Yeah. Yeah, our bad. Mutual bet. I blame Anthony. I don't know. The Swedish meatball thing was yeah, all you, right. You guys went down a rabbit hole, and I'm like... Uh, all right, and then you're like, all right, next up. (laughs) You know, okay. Well, you know what, Jarzak? Called initiative, seize it. We're over here talking about meatballs because you ain't talking about your orcish moves. So now, shit to do. Now that we got, all right. Now that we've got Jarzak and Norhill, it's gonna be way sweeter when my way sweeter. Uh, when my uh, billowy robe monk wearing guy 
he starts swinging his arms around in some sort of mystic circuit. And as he seems to billow his arms around, the robes loosen every so often, a little by little, until finally he's in sort of a blanketed, billowy, blackened, shadowy, misty haze of himself. And all of a sudden you can see all the robes jet out in dusty columns, stretching out about 15 feet at the longest in every direction. And these robes seem to like dissipate into windy little dust storms of absolute pitch black darkness. And as soon as you start to see these kind of like little tornado dust storm things swinging around, you see like hairy legged, like spider sort of tentacle looking legs come crawling out of the abyss between each one of these little ripped open torrents of tornado. And you can see like fangs and teeth come flying out in shadowy bursts. And these would normally not be that big of a deal, uh, but this guy opts to fall out of the tree and falls to the ground before you guys with these in effect. Does that trigger my attack opportunity? Does that not my attack opportunity, my prepared action? It does. Does he land on his feet? Or does he I hope so. Ten. A ten attack? Yep. Okay, so that's a miss. And so now he's standing uh, directly adjacent to both Jarzak and Norhill with these shadowy, spooky, specterous, evil beasties uh, 15 feet around him in all sides. And as you guys stand here, you notice that it impedes a lot of your vision and your movement trying to dodge them. And as you stand in here, you can feel these things snapping and biting at you as they duff, uh, drift by. And it seems incredibly deadly to be standing where you guys are. But you hear muffled underneath the dusty voice, something bellow out and it says, fill your hungers for your blood. And now a word from our sponsor, fill your blood. Uh, no, now it goes to uh, click up. Okay. Um, I guess Klika is going to, um, cast Shadow Blade as a bonus action, and then she will move in towards, uh, the guy on the ground. Okay. Okay. Can I mean, I you can get clear up that him? distance. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then, yeah. Uh, can I move in in a way that I'm flanking him with either Jarzak or Anton or uh, Norhill, I mean? Yeah, I'll give it to you. But, uh, well, actually, hold on. What was your total movement speed? 30. Um, traveling through this dusty haze halves your movement speed. So you'll actually stop about 5, 10 feet short of it. Okay. Um,. Um, and I'm going to need you to make a wisdom saving throw if you are entering here. I guess Klika will uh, stay on the edge of it without entering it, and then instead of uh, moving into it, she'll make an attack with her like crossbow. Okay. Go ahead. Fire away. Does a 20 hit. 20 sure do. Ooh, max damage. 13 damage. Holy crap. So now he's definitely bloodied as you fire in at him and you can see a, a spurt of blackened dust come flying out the side of one of his billy robes. Um, okay. And is that it for your turn? Yeah, that'll be it. Okay. And now the bad guys number two, the two monks up in the tree. Oh, actually, I'm going to do four extra bonus damage and use Fury of the Small. So 
which is a goblin racial that uh, you deal you can deal extra damage uh, based on your level to a creature that's a size larger than you. Alrighty then. Well, that extra damage does not kill him, but definitely definitely establishes that he's probably going to die very soon. Um, assuming that we get another special ability out of absolutely nowhere that does damage. But as for trying to get me to send somebody a fucking gift, I'm not doing it. Prize or not, Anthony doesn't wear hats. We all know it. It's canon. But unreal. <laughs> you ever heard of yes and Dan? <laughs> Not when it cost me money, no. <laughs> like, price, the price could have been anything. It's your imagination. Yeah, and my wallet. But anywho, the two the two monks from up in the trees leap down to the ground beside Jarzak and Norhill on these outer sides here and begin their merciless onslaught, swinging, dealing lots of attacks. I see a look in Jarzak's eye. I don't know what's going on. Uh, so the first attack that comes in on Jarzak is an eight. At disadvantage. Boom! Wait, why'd you get disadvantage? Because he's next to me. Protection. Fair enough. <laughs> That's the sound okay. for you. My, my armor class is still really low, so... <laughs> How much is it? 13? 14. Okay, I got a 13, so you're lucky on that one. Woo! The next one goes in on Norhill. And that one is at advantage. And that one misses with a seven. Second attack in on Jarzak. Uh, not at disadvantage this time. Um, and this time he gets a 21 to hit. Can I get a strength saving throw? You ran into there with a crossbow, yeah? Yeah, that's fine. Well, because you said you summoned your packed weapon, and that's what you had, right? Yep. I got a 12. Okay. So, uh, you are good. You managed to hold on to your crossbow as the guy kicks you in the back of the arm, trying to get it to go flying out of your grip. Um, but instead, all you take is five points of physical damage as he kicks you. And then the second attack in on Norhill misses again with a 16. I imagine you got above a 16. 18. Yeah, there you go. See, I knew it. Um, okay. And then that's it for their round. Now there's just a big old melee in the dusty fray over here. And with that, I ask the question, Anton, the fuck you doing? I'm just assuming there's no one within five feet of me, is there? No. Think of enemies. Because I feel like some of my spells, like, mm, it might not be just do a big vault and fire spell in the middle of the woods. <laughs> as long as um, you're not aiming for the trees, you're going to be fine. Yeah, it's actually yeah. pretty hard to light a living tree on fire. Indeed. In the middle of winter, covered in snow. True. With, um, how far are the enemies from me? About 25 feet. 25 feet? Jesus. Um... Go, Ronnie. Tip, tap, tip. Just use sacred flame for now. All right, fire um... away. No scorching rays. No fancy schmancy superpowers. No, I have a feeling I should wait on those. Those, um, you, Ronnie, in your foresight. I'm gonna scorching ray on. Are the two monks still in the trees? I'm, or they went to the ground? They went to yeah, the ground. I'm gonna get one of those monks. Norhill and Jarzak. Yeah, Wait, on the did. ground. Everybody's on the ground. Oh shit! It's a full ground free for all. Yeah, I'm gonna get one of the monks. Scorching ray is a few attacks, right? Isn't it? Like Must be. Rays? 
Yeah, Sacred Flame, you must beat a, a dex saving throw of a 13. Well, as a dexterous monk, I'm sure I'm going to have no trouble with that. I got a 14 on one of them. And was it, are you aiming for multiple targets or just one guy? Uh, I can only aim for one. Really? I thought Scorching Ray could split it. Sacred Flame, yeah, she's using Sacred Flame. No, Sacred Flame. Ooh, sorry, I thought I heard you say Scorching Ray afterwards. No. Um, okay, so with that, he dodges deftly out of the way. All right, he does not get hit. I miss. So now it goes to Jarzak. Yeah. All right, Jarzak, I'm going to need you to make a wisdom saving throw. Uh, 19. Swag. Did I do okay. it? Was that good? Well, you managed Still to gonna save get off. Spirit Guardian. Yeah, a little bit. Oh my god, I rolled one point away from maximum damage. 23 points of necrotic damage. Hi, Jarzak. How you doing? That's half, though, right? It is half. So now it's only, uh, it's only 12. It's only 12. 11. I rounded up. Well, you can't. I know. Fine, 11. <laughs> Look, at least let me have this near maximum damage at one point. Why do we get to cheer for your max damage? But for mine, it feels like Dan's a bully. All right. Uh, I'm going to move away from the main guy who jumped down near us. Okay. You raise the uh, of opportunity? Yeah. All right. Go, go for it. Go and for it. Go for it. Uh, what's your armor class? 14? Yep. Okay. So one of them hits. The other one misses. And you take four points of damage. Okay. All right. I'm going to use my... Uh, Hexblade curse on the main guy and then shoot him. So did you move all the way to the far side of the uh, the spinny, spooky garbage dust? Yeah. Okay, so we'll say you're outside of the effect. And you put the curse on him? What, uh, which uh, which one of the curses? My Hexblade curse. No, I know, but... Uh, oh, yeah, right, sorry. I was thinking hexblade about... curse does all of them. Yeah, yes. I, was thinking about, I was thinking about Hex instead, but... Okay. So what's the effect of that one? It's actually the first time I think we've had this curse come out in a long, long time, right? I haven't, I don't think I've used it yet because we just stuffed eyes too quick. (laughs) (laughs) I probably shouldn't have used it here either, but that's okay. Uh, As a bonus action, I can choose one creature at 30 feet, curse it for one minute. Uh, Against the target creature, you gain a plus two to damage rolls. you score a critical hit on 19 or 20 and I regain H- some HP if it dies. Swag. Alrighty. Uh, Does your Hexblade curse look like anything in particular? No. I don't know. It has like a purple glow around him now. Word up. Okay. But and only I can see it. <laughs> fair enough. Uh, a 23 to hit. Does that mean all your Hexblade weapons are purple? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Swag. Okay. Uh, and that's a hit. Uh, 10 damage. Super cool. So with that, that guy drops dead. And he falls to the ground with a billow and a puff of dust. And all the individual shaky, swirly things just come <laughs> to the ground in piles of dust all around you, caking the pure white snow with charcoal ashy-like gray dust. Um, is that it for your turn? Yep. So uh, actually, I'm gonna drop my uh, 
crossbow and grab out my axe and shield. Okay. And so with that, out of absolute darkness from behind one of the two uh, spooky shadow monks comes running a hulking mass of bestial strength covered in fur, enticed with rage and aggression. A humanoid with some sort of lupine-like appearance comes rushing out of the brambles, the trees, and the darkness and runs right up behind one of the monks, grabs him by the shoulders, and starts to nom on the back of his neck and just starts ripping it to shreds with his claws. Um... With that, he manages to maim and kill the one that he ran up to, leaving only one shadowy monk behind. And apparently, some sort of a half-man, half-wolf, like a hybrid creature standing before you in the winter wood. All right, and hey, Anthony, what's the uh, the move, Norhill? Pet the wolfman. This (laughs) terrifying wolfman just comes running up out of nowhere to... Does it seem like a beast? Like, is this uh, something that's going to present a clear and present danger to us? Yes. It looks like the rage and fury that it just exacted on this poor little monk guy would have been given to you if you were five feet closer to the right. All right, Norhill's going to attack it. It it seems like to the initiated, this does seem to be something of a lycanthrope, just because the humanoid-looking, like, features of its actual frame and stature make it look like this is some sort of half-man, half-wolf kind of looking thing. But, what okay. is it doing here? It's what licking props. Here, <laughs> What's up, buddy? All right. Well, then I guess then that the more pertinent question is, what does Norhill know about lycanthropes? Um. Do you have history? Yes. Uh, you can roll that one if you want, or I guess nature if you have that one too. I don't have nature. Eighteen. I mean, you know pretty much the general ideas of lycanthropy, but from a historical perspective, so you know it more from like the disease side of things where like natural disasters brought on by one big infection infecting a whole massive group of them. Um, but from what you can tell, I mean, you know about their immunities to pretty much everything but silver and magic and all that banana stuff. But you also know about the differences between born lycanthropes and infected lycanthropes. And this guy looks like he's like a born lycanthrope. So he looks like he's in quite a lot of control of this state that he's in right now. But beyond that, I mean, you know that they're quite fortuitous opponents to be going against and they're not to be trifled with. All right. So then Norhill is going to, is he in attack of opportunity range of the lycanthrope? Yeah. Uh, Norhill is going to disengage, move <laughs> and yell to the party that we need to retreat. This is not an enemy that we can face. I mean, it does seem like you guys can take it on, but it's going to be a dirty, icky fight. You know what I mean? It's one of those. Norhill has literally no ability to damage this creature. Ah, well, no magic (laughs) weapons. So, so to Norhill, we definitely cannot defeat this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's very true. So Norhill's just going to dust it and run back to the campfire. Yeah. Okay, so he moves out of there right past uh, Klika and runs over to Anton and runs away from... Actually, everybody's pretty well spread out in this fight, right? Think about it, Klika is probably the closest now, but the other guy who is probably even closer is that monk. And so, yeah, that monk is still pretty much close. Um, yeah, okay. So with that, now we go to uh, Klika. Um. Klika's going to look at Norhill and in 
dwar- say the dwarvish word for like fighting retreat and look for a response. Uh, uh, Norhill nods. Fighting retreat. Does Klika have a bunch of knowledges as well? She's trained in history, arcana, religion. Would you would you look past your own potential knowledge of this and then follow Norhill, or would you actually gauge the fact that you can definitely hit it too? Um, I think Klika is gonna trust in Norhill's authority on this, as he seems to be the most like he he often has good ideas when things go awry. Yeah, so fair enough. Yeah, to uh, me, it seemed like Klika was asking to if we're hitting and running or just running. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Uh, so yeah, Klika is going to uh, move forward to just close the distance on the monk, so that she's flanking it with the werewolf, and make an attack with her shadow blade. Cool. Okay. And that's a twenty to hit. Okay, that's obviously a hit. Almost rolled minimum damage. Uh, eight damage, and it's surrounded, and the monk is surrounded in booming energy. And then Klika is going to use her bonus action to disengage and move back 15 feet. Swag. All right. So he's not dead, but he's or the full distance. She can't. I don't know exactly how far away I was from that. So I was on the. Yeah, I figured it was 15 and 15 out. So yeah, I'm right back where I started, essentially. Maybe positioned better to be, like, more centralized with everyone, but yeah. Yeah, from where you're standing now, you're about 10, 15 away from Anton. You're about 10 to 15 away from Jarzak. And now you're about 10 or 15 away from Norhill as well. Norhill okay. is at Anton's side, and Jarzak's the farthest away, but still far enough away that it looks like our friend the monk is going to be some doggy chow before anybody else is. But luckily, the monk on his turn immediately dips and dodges having seen his friend get eaten and turned to a dust heap and tries to run right past Jarzak. So Jarzak, you can get an attack of opportunity on this guy if you'd like to. Uh, and he takes three thunder damage from Booming Blade. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's on like the brink of death. He ain't dead yet, but he's on the brink. Uh, Ten to hit. I assume that does not. No. Okay, so that the guy just double moves and keeps running past you. And with this, Jarzak, you can tell that the werewolf is looking like dead set at you as the guy ran right past you. So now... Oh, Jarzak. Yeah, I'm not looking... I don't want to do this, but everybody else can see pretty clearly that this werewolf is... I kind of wanted to be the closest to the werewolf. So if that means retconning how Klika moved, you know? So that she was sort of in front of like she was the next closest target fair enough and so be it sure Sorry. okay i'll say that you did that okay and so with that instead of looking at jarzak it looks quickly over to Klika and sees a small snack pack sized meal so now we go to anton for the figure out to cast shield of faith on i'm just dan i just want to confirm for the spell um is this about bonus actions or action? Oh boy. No, no. I just don't know if the spell would work on a werewolf. Would um calming emotions work? Um in this case, I mean it is a humanoid. Oh yeah, you're right. What was that? <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. Roundy's just He's over there right. riding the world's smallest motorcycle. Thank you for translating. 
<laughs> it work. Um, you get used to it over time. I think I want to try that first. Before okay. anything, it's just kind of strange. Like, why is this thing just see a combat and just decides to hop right in? Okay, what do you have for the... Uh, what do um, I got to do, a saving throw? You have to save against a, charis- a 13 charisma. Ooh. All right, let's see what we got. But it looks like... I got each... a five. And so with that... The creature can... What, is the, what does the spell look like when it goes off? Um... Don't read a description. I'm asking you. Yeah, no, I'm just trying to understand what the hell it does. <laughs> um, so Anton kind of lowers his um, lantern, not in a, like a just to keep it so it's not like high and aggressive, but like low, and he tries to keep calm and he keeps his hands like open and he just says some form of like calming phrase. Who's a good boy? You are. Yes, you're a good boy. Come on, Ronnie. Maybe just like calm thyself. You foul doggy. I don't know. I don't know why, but I just imagine uh, your character just being like, come break bread with me. Yeah. <laughs> just come here there, doggy. Pull out a couple of dog biscuits. Like I made these Scooby this snacks. How about that? Yeah, Scooby snacks. <laughs> but with that the uh, werewolf starts to kind of like sniff at the air a little bit and seems to like look towards you with its side eye a couple times and lean in a couple times. You can see the hair on its back start to kind of lower a little bit and the thing lowers its uh, stature down to the ground, both palms flattened onto it. And it seems to take a couple of these weird sort of like bipedal leaned over movements towards you and stands up at its full height at about, you know, about Jarzak's height. And the thing leans back and looks upon all four of you guys and starts to shift a little bit closer to a human form, or I guess I would say like a pure humanoid form. And at the slightest hint, you guys can see that the werewolf's fur turns from a dark gray to a lighter, like silvery blonde kind of color. And all of a sudden, you guys can see light come peering out through the bushes uh, about 100 or so feet away. You guys can see it like in the forest in the distance. You can see the light start to kind of peer through a little bit as if somebody's coming this way. And you hear the werewolf speak to you under its under its uh, breath, and something of like a broken humanoidish kind of voice coming through grated canine-like jaws. And the thing says, "You're not welcome, dear. You must go." And it just kind of leans back, turns on heel, and just skitters off at full speed, full doggy trot. And that is where we're going to end the episode. <laughs> Hey everybody, it's the young Grognard here. I want to say thank you for listening to another episode of the podcast. If you have anything you'd like to tell me, any questions or concerns, shoot me a tweet over at YGrognard on Twitter, or send me an email at younggrognard at gmail.com. As always, keep it real, and more importantly, keep it dungeonous. Thanks.